Cue intro blurb. Oh wait, I am the intro blurb. Welcome to the Banter Pod. We're happy you're here. It's gonna be wild. Buckle up. Howdy. We're back. Who would have thought that we're still going? Episode 12. Episode 12. Perry, would you like to tell us who this episode is dedicated to? Yeah, episode 12. Which number 12? This is a famous guy who wore number 12. He played basketball. His name is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, you, might be asking yourself. you might be asking yourself, Self, are these boys, are they out of their gourds? <laughs> because um, Michael Jordan wore number 23. Yes. But you, you see, we, you have the, right. we have the power of Google. Yes. While you are right, Wes, Michael Jordan did wear number 23. I am also right. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I agree with you. Michael I Jordan <laughs> wore number 12 for one game in 1990 on Valentine's night at Orlando. He wore number 12 after his jersey had been stolen prior to the game. He put up 49 in 47 minutes, and the Bulls lost 135 to 129. That's high scoring. Yeah, also, that jersey had no name on the back. Ooh. Which is pretty cool. That is pretty neat. So... To all you haters, Michael Jordan wore number twelve. To all the haters, to all of the haters. All right. Uh, I, actually, there's there's just a random question. Do teams just carry around random jerseys? I don't know. Like as backup I think they plans. Do. I mean, if if jerseys get ripped, I think they have extras. Or do they? But like, or, or bloody jerseys. But like, does do they have like three LeBron jerseys there, ready? Or do they have like, like they did right there, have random numbers that mean nothing? I don't know. I would say probably more so they have extra jerseys of different numbers. Okay. But I am not in the NBA. Why not? Uh, I think it's because of my allergies. Oh, They thought it. it was not good for for the kind of diet I would have to be on. That's too bad. Yeah, but otherwise they said my talent was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, unfortunate. But, you know, I... But it's a sacrifice. We, we move on. It's a sacrifice. And now I'm make. on a dope podcast. Yeah. So... Podcast with podcast with two dopes. Yeah, the guy who started this podcast, he came to me. He's like, "Hey, we need you on this podcast." So, mm. Was it yourself? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so today's episode, we're going to be talking about the best animated movies that are not Disney. So, and you maybe you might be wondering, is there such a thing? Well, yes, yes, there, there is. is. We will get there. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, we got to do some of our normal business. The football. The football. The fo- Let's do the football. The American football. The American football. Where did I... I wrote down the games. Here I they saw are. Them. Here I they didn't, are. I didn't read them, but I saw them. Week 10. <laughs> two, two hands. <laughs> two hands, I, man. If you have five fingers of a piece. Yeah. Um, Maybe six and four if you're one of those people. But. Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed that the NFL season is getting close to over, but I am excited about what the college hey, are doing. if you think about it like this, including playoffs, that's not even halfway. Sure. Well, if we're in the playoffs. But this week we got Thursday night, which is Chargers at Raiders. Not a bad game, actually. It's not, except for except for one team is underperforming, one team's overperforming, but they talent wise they're similar. Yeah, might be actually worth watching. I've got the Chargers. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Raiders. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I'm tempted to pick the Raiders just because they are probably gonna like they will have the better record at this point. They're doing better, but I still think the Chargers are more talented, and they're a second half of the year team. I think. Oh, for sure. I, I I agree with that. I'm just gonna pick the Raiders because they've overperformed and they're at home. It's true. So. Second game, Vikings at Cowboys. Oh, Vikings. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I picked the Vikings as well. Yeah. I think they're gonna keep it keep it rolling. 
Um, Depends which Kirk Cousins we see. The Kirk Cousins that the team hates or the Kirk Cousins that puts the team on the back. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, same thing can be said with Dak Prescott, except for the team never really hates him. Yeah. I don't know why, though. I feel like... Sometimes he doesn't play very well, though. But he's been playing almost MVP level this year. It's unfortunate they've lost a few of those outings. Um, Their defense has not been... Their defense has been suspect, Mm. to say the best. Highly suspect. Highly suspect. Uh, Finally, Monday Night Football, Seahawks at 49ers. That's a good game. It is a good game. Russell Wilson. Wow. Who you got? Dang, I don't know. I'm gonna... It's prime time. Monday night, so it's always prime time. <laughs> I'm gonna take... I'm gonna take the Seahawks in that one. West, real quick. You asked if it's prime time. All the games that we pick are prime time. So I'm a fool. Get over it. <laughs> this is called prime time pickup. I, I think Russell Wilson could Russell be Wilson? the offensive catalyst to actually break into that defense. Yes. So, so I got the Cards beating the Niners last week mm-hmm. at the Cardinals. This week, I've got the Niners bouncing back at home. They're going to beat the Seahawks on Monday night. Nah. Nah, you don't, you're not with me? All right, we'll see. Russell Wilson's more of a primetime guy than Jimmy G. You're, you're right. So You're right. We'll see. It's Monday, though. It's not like it's Sunday night. It's a little different. Right. Sunday I night's mean, the game of the week. Monday night's sometimes. Monday night, right. I mean, I might watch it if I'm free. Yeah. But probably not. I'll read about it, though. All right, Wes, uh, before we move on here to our segment of the week, mm-hmm. do you have a parryism for us? I am looking at the list right now, and let's see. Every, <laughs> sing- Perry, every single week when I read these, I have to, like, go through them and think, is this appropriate? And then in my head, I think, how did this happen? Mm. And then I ask again, is this appropriate? All right. Every week you laugh before saying it, too. <laughs> it's just because I just can't understand. Okay. No context given to me, so we're just going to go for it. Go for it. There's never any context given to you. Sometimes there is. Oh, really? Wow. If I stay here any longer, I'll be able to date the freshman's grandmas. Oh. Excuse me? That is a good one, isn't it? Uh, yes. Did say it. Confirmed. Um, shall I leave it there? No, I okay. need. I need to know. <laughs> so this is me talking about how old I am. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I believe, as a senior, and I was just talking about how the freshmen are, were starting to look younger. <laughs> and wait, now that I think about this, this statement makes no sense. No sense at all. Which is why I'm confused. I think what I meant to say was I'd be able to date the freshmen's grandkids. <laughs> That is what I meant to say, and I'm just now figuring out how bad that sounded. That's creepy. But, like, that was just me making a joke about me being old (laughs) and how the freshmen were starting to look... I'm concerned. ...really young, but then also saying that... You're still here. Yeah. I don't know. That was bad. Uh, That was me not being good at words. Mm -hmm. Words hard. Perry does not have English. Words hard me. What? Moving on. What? (laughs) I stand by it. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm I'm for it. it. Uh, Anything you would like to declare before we move on? Declare? Yes. What do you mean? Anything to declare? (laughs) Are you referring to the accent in which you're speaking in right now? Uh, No, (laughs) not really. Are we just making declarations? Sure, you can declare something. Okay, I am a 6 out of 10 attractive, but an 8 out of 10 personality, which means... When you add those fractions, I am a 14 out of 10. Congrats. Or if you simplify that, a 7 out of 5. Nice. All right. 
On that note, you asked if I wanted to declare anything. Yeah. I meant like if you had anything you wanted to say about like Baker Mayfield, who's really being trash right now. He's a stud. He's really bad right now. He's better than Sam Darnold. He's really being bad right now. I sent Wes a text the other day after I was looking through some random kind of up to the up to week like eight sports stat or NFL stats. Um and Baker Mayfield had the worst uh, touchdown to interception ratio of anybody that had that starts basically. Um, that's so basically you're you know you're taking away Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> <laughs> who's got like a one to like five. But um, yeah, there's only there's two guys that were at like a point six. Baker was at a point four five. Four five at, at at that point he was five touchdowns to eleven interceptions. I sent that to him. I was like, Wes Baker's trash. He's, he's playing trash at least. He will do better. I I, I hope so. I don't... Kind of. I mean, Perry made the comment that he's not throwing the ball. He's not getting rid of the ball fast enough. But I don't think you can always put that on him. Also, his I feel like his line is trash. Yeah, but Baker is a mobile quarterback. And if he's getting hit as much as he's getting hit, that is most likely due to the fact that he's holding it too long. He's not confident in his reads. And also, play calling has definitely something to do with it. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens is bad. But Tom Brady can't move. Like I literally watched Tom Brady try to uh, a couple games ago try to try to beat one of the big D tackles, which those guys can be kind of fast. But mm-hmm. he was trying to get outside the pocket so he could throw the ball away, and he was trying to he was basically racing up against a D tackle, and he like couldn't do it. So what ended up happening is he just, as he was getting tackled because he's slow, he just <laughs> chucked the ball underhand and tried to, and got it to the line of scrimmage for an incomplete pass. But Brady is so slow and he doesn't really get sacked much because he is so confident with his reads. He's been doing it a lot longer. I mean, he's also the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, but he Peyton Manning did the same thing. He was basically in a hospice care when he played his last game with Denver, <laughs> last games with Denver, and yet he didn't get hit much because he's so quick. Baker is a mobile quarterback. He shouldn't be getting hit as much as he is. Now, I could say the same about Deshaun Watson. Best deep ball thrower in the league, Deshaun Watson. But he's not super confident with his kind of up over the middle mm-hmm. 15 yard and in seam routes, out routes, slant routes. Not super quick sometimes. Gets hit more than he should, especially for a guy who can run. Who, literally, he evades so many more sacks than he takes, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Don't worry. There's my nugget of... Of info. On That's your nugget of Baker hate is what it yeah. is. Yeah, call me John Gruden, the next guy who does the quarterback camp thing, because John Gruden is now not doing that because he has a different quarterback camp, and that's called off-season workouts <laughs> at Oakland, yeah. Soon to be Las Vegas. Soon to be Vegas, yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. You've already made me mad. Yeah, we've got a great topic today. I mean, it's average. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's so great, and it's not even Disney, which is cool. Because usually when I'm saying that, I'm like, it's a Disney topic. Yay! <laughs> this week, it's specifically not. It is actually anti. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, literally, like, we're doing animated films, which I love animation. He does. Love it. And But we're doing ones that are not Disney because we've kind of already done underrateds, and maybe we'll get to... Uh, more Disney stuff at and another time. And there's sure other will. classics that need some love. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm fairly certain I know what's Wes's number one, but I'm interested to see if he maybe, like which order, maybe he ends up picking for the I rest I put Cars of 2 at the top. And we're done today. <laughs> we're going to end it on that note because we've lost all credibility in Wes. That was a lie. Good. Wes is lying to everyone. Mm. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start with honorable mentions for me. You oh, kick it off. I didn't even think of that. You don't have to have it. It's fine. I know I've seen a heck of a lot more animated movies than you. So you give it to me. So Barry. I'm going to go th- throw some, throw specifically seven honorable mentions at you <laughs> real quick because these are all so good. First, The Wind Rises. 
Studio Ghibli film, 2014, I believe. It is about uh, a plane. I think I might have talked about The Wind Rises. This the engineer. So, yes, the engineer. And it hits you in the feels. Great mm. movie. Couldn't quite put it on here. Despicable Me, one and two are both solid. Mm. You guys know what that is. I don't have to explain. The Croods. Mm, I never Decent saw that film. One. Nick Cage. Need I say no more? <laughs> Nicholas Cage, baby. All right. The Little Prince. You probably not heard of this one. This mm-hmm. is based on a French book. I've heard of it. And it's on net. It's a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. It really cool because it uses two different styles of animation. It uses stop motion and three D animation styles. The stop motion is for the storytelling, like inside of the movie. There's telling the story mm-hmm. of the little prince, and then the three D is the story of the kid, kind of outside of that uh, other story. Land Before Time, mm. amazing. So I good. grew up on it. I grew up on all of them. Littlefoot, Littlefoot, Ducky, yeah, so great. Spirited Away. Mm, Spirited Studio Away Ghibli. is the Studio Ghibli as well. The most heralded and award-winning Studio Ghibli animated film. The winner of the 2002 Best Picture Award in a year where a bunch of amazing films came out. Um, let me double-check here. Best Animated Picture Award. Yeah. Yes, Best Animated Feature Award. Yeah. Oh, let me take that back. 2000. Well, I think it was a 2002 movie. Yes. So it was awarded in 2003 because that's when the, the award was given. But or 2000, Yeah, 2003 was the Oscars, but it was for 2002's movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it won Spirited Away. Or Spirited Away won the Oscar. Again, Ice Age, Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, Stitch, Treasure Planet. And Spirit. Which Spirit, and Spirit is a cult classic. Stallion of Chimarone. Cimarron. Um, that's crazy. It's a great film, but I've only seen it once. And it was just a little... Um, harder to follow than I was expecting, but still great fantasy kind mm-hmm. of theming. Um, an awesome dub cast, as they all have for Studio Ghibli. And finally, Adventures of Tintin. Have you seen that with me, I think, maybe? Doesn't have a dog in it? Yes. I was too afraid to watch it because I was afraid the dog would die. Oh, he might. He might not. No, he doesn't. Uh, spoiler, he does not die. But it's a it's a based on a cartoon or book series, I think. I think, it's, I think a it's a book. Book series? Oh, something. Based on something. That's not the movie, yeah. And then it's a, it's a mystery Animated mystery directed by Spielberg, I believe. So I think you're right. So solid, solid film there. I would actually like to drop one honorable, honorable mention. Okay, because I just saw it on there. Uh huh. The Jimmy Neutron movie. Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. That's quality. Yeah, high quality film. All right, uh, let's explain a little bit of what we're going to be doing to introduce these it's, films. It's a little foolish. It is a little foolish. Yeah. Explain. So anyway, here's what's going to happen. Um, we were going to just kind of go at this the normal way, and we realized that was boring. So Perry's like, how about we introduce the movies by reading the synopsis of them from Google? I'm like, great idea. Then I said, what if we read the synopsis in accents or voices chosen from a random hat? Over the last about 10 minutes, I thought of random things, wrote them down, and put them in the hat. So I know what they all are. Perry does, yeah, I don't. Perry does not. And some of them some of them will be not difficult. <laughs> some of them will be confusing. And some of them will be, um, I hope, comedic. Yeah, yeah. hang with us. These are going to be bad accents, probably. Yeah, we're not professionals. Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can. Um, Wes, how are we going to pick who goes first? Is this a draft or is an order? No, it is a top ten. Ah, oh, perfect. But some some of our... some We're going to repeat, and those we're not going to read those synopses for, right? So Tell you what, I will pick a number between one and thirty. And okay. if you get it right, you go first. Okay. And if I get it right, I go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Ready? I got it. Okay, whisper it into there. Twenty. Okay, I have absolutely no idea what it was. My ears were plugged. See how good my lip reading one, skills are. One to thirty. Are. One, one to 30. 30. Twenty-six. Ooh, nope. 
21. 21. Which, 21. Which is, in fact, my favorite number of all time. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, cool. So I'm going first. You're you, going to go first. So I got to whip out the you're list. You're going to whip out the list. Of, we're doing top tens, and he's going to type it in to the computer and then read the synopsis. There, Google has a, bun, has a synopsis for every movie, and it's about a paragraph. All right. Um, so I guess I got to draw a hat. Yeah, draw out of that, and then we're gonna. You can read it like kind of right into it, just like this. There's a couple in here that I don't want to. Crap. Do it that way. <laughs> this is one of the ones that I did not want. All right. I don't know if I can do this. Okay. Do I? I probably say the accent after I read it. Don't yeah. I? Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Surfing means everything to teenage penguin Cody Maverick. <laughs> Followed by. A documentary film crew. He leaves his old home in Antarctica for Pengu Island, site of the Big Zizzle Memorial Surf Off. <laughs> Cody wants to be respected and admired, and he believes that winning the competition will bring him what he craves. However, an encounter with washed up surfer geek teaches Cody about what is truly important. <laughs> That was a terrible accent, but... <laughs> I didn't know what to do. But the movie surfs up, huh? Do you know what the accent was? Snoop Dogg? Yes, it was Snoop Dogg. I can see it right there. Oh. <laughs> I literally didn't know what to do, but it's not... Other than the sound spaced out and add an izzle wherever I wanted. I see. But yeah, yeah, surfs up is my number 10. Surfs up. Explain why you like it. Um, I remember actually watching it a lot as a kid, and it's got, I mean, the king, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf? He may make an appearance in one of my films. I hope so. <laughs> um, but... I I just really I I love the idea of a mockumentary, which is what that is. Yeah. Uh, it just makes it seem very real, but yet you know it's super fake. Two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Two thousand seven. Sony, Sony Pictures. Yeah. And uh, I I I just remember being a kid and watching it, and remember that he was. I guess spoiler alert. You don't have to worry about spoilers okay. for this. These okay. are old movies. Okay. So. He has like such a strong admiration for the surfer that apparently died, and then he gets taken in by the guy that's called the Surfer Geek in that synopsis I just read, and it ends up being him. And I remember being shook whenever it was revealed that he was the guy that had supposedly died. Mm. And yeah, there's also some nice, solid adult jokes in there. There is some adult jokes. I think my parents maybe didn't think great of that movie when I think they took me to see it, and they mm-hmm. were like, ah. uh. "I was I was eleven. Yeah. So, but yeah, I loved it. I think it's funny. I, right. Like, I still laugh today. Surfs up, bruh. Man, if we had a surfer and, accent in there, and, uh, imagine. Chick- Chicken Joe. Yeah, bro. Chicken Joe. Oh, I should have put Frat Star in there. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Chad from Beta. <laughs> should have put that in there. All right, what? All right, Wes, uh, we're going to go with my number 10. You ready? Give me, give me something. Give me something good. What do I got? Hey, Peter. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you can probably do this one better than I can. Oh, I don't know if I can. Though he is a no oh, man, I don't know. How to do this. <laughs> Though he is a brilliant super villain with, <laughs> I'm focusing too hard on. Yeah, you have to you have to space it out. Yeah, all right. Though he is the most brilliant super villain in the world, the world has known. Mega Mind is the least successful, thwarted time and time again by heroic Metro Man. Mega Mind is more surprised than anyone when he actually manages to defeat his longtime enemy, but without Metro Man, Mega Mind. Has no purpose in his life, so he creates a new opponent. I'm starting to sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Who quickly decides Same that person? it is more fun to be a bad guy than a hero. 
The poison. Cusco's poison. The poison. The poison intended for Cusco. The poison chosen specifically for Cusco. Cusco's poison. Bad poison. I only. I'm, I'm I, I, I can only tell it was Kronk by you saying I'm Kronk. I'm Kronk. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. I don't know. I. I haven't. There's only specific things he says. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, I have Mega Mind. Mega Mind. Mega Mind from 2010. Uh, 72% around tomatoes. Hans Zimmer did the score. Did you know that? Yeah, that's that is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Great score. Uh, made only three three twenty one million worldwide. It's not bad. It definitely made its money back. Um, I mean, I won't make that much money. It's hilarious. Like I watched it recently. Pardon Javon's yell in the background. <laughs> Maybe we'll have him on the podcast sometime. No, no. <laughs> my my five year old four year old brother. Um, don't even remember how old he is. Nice. It's too bad. I think he turns five in a, in a couple weeks. But uh, anyway, yeah, Megamind's hilarious. I watched it a few weeks ago. Made me laugh out loud so many times. Will Ferrell is such a character. David Cross, I believe, is the name of Minion, which really kind of set the stage for m- the Minions of Despicable Me, like, to be a thing, kind of. I don't know. The, the whole Minion thing being, like, a, a comic relief point. I don't know. I felt like he did it well, really well, and they moved from that. And I hate Roxanne Ritchie, though. Oh, with a passion. So Jonah Hill is also in there. He's Titan. He's he's really funny as kind of the antagonist, but the one I was talking about that he uh, he creates his own opponent. That's Titan, and that is voiced by uh, Jonah Hill. But yeah, Roxanne Ritchie, voiced by Tina Fey. I love Tina Fey. She's great. The character's annoying. She, like, is the love interest of, like, every guy in their world of metrocity. Sounds, Metro City. Sounds like Lois Lane. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Lois Lane. Sounds like Amy Adams is Lois Lane specifically. Mm. Oof. Martha. Uh, but yeah, outside of Roxanne Richie's just kind of really <clears throat> she's they I feel like they almost tried to make her a strong female kind of main character, mm-hmm. but they failed epically because nice. because she is just falls for every guy. Or at least she kinda has a thing for I don't know. It's weird. I don't like her. Big yikes. Big yikes. But it's funny enough that it makes up for that, and that's why it could have been higher on my list. But it's ten because because of that. Um, I don't know. Just got so much some quotable lines. The spider. The spider's new. Spider. Uh, yes. The spider. Even the smallest bite from Arachnus Deathicus will instantly paralyze. Oh, get it off! Well, and it's Will Ferrell, <laughs> which is kind of whack. Yeah, he's Same. he just he takes the character and he runs with it. He's great. All right, here we go. Yeah, all right, moving on. All right, Perry. Wes is number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Gotta look at what I actually put. Okay. I don't know what it is. I haven't peeked, and Wes hasn't peeked at mine, I don't think, hopefully. Yeah, I do. Oh, now I gotta draw. Awkward. Fun fact, I peek at Perry's picks every week. I don't know why. I think he feels just a little insecure about his own. I mean, he just sits it right in front of my face. Well, yours are sitting right in front of my face. I don't care. They're over here. I'm, I feel like I'm about to hear him in a second, so. Oh. Okay. 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 We. Poe. <laughs> is, that right? is that right? Yeah. Poe might just be the laziest, clumsiest panda in the Valley of Peace. This is not correct. <laughs> yeah, this. But no, my voice. Oh, your voice. But he secretly dreams of becoming a kung fu legend when the villainous snow leopard <laughs> Tai Tai Lung threatens Poe's homeland. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't you know? Oh. Oh, sorry. The hapless panda is chosen to fulfill an ancient prophecy <laughs> and defend <laughs> the valley from attack. Training under Master Shifu, Bo embarks on an epic high-kicking adventure as he sets out to thwart Tai Long's evil plans. 
A DreamWorks animation. Yeah, I also have <laughs> I've read that <laughs> synopsis, and that's I saw that there. I was like, wow. So that was me trying to be a Minnesotan. Minnesota? Don't you know? Oh, don't you know? Oh, yeah, sorry about that if you are offended. Sorry. Sorry. That's more of a Canadian thing. <laughs> oh. Well. Anyway, I picked Kung Fu Panda. Hilarious. It is. Absolutely hilarious. Great voice cast. Jack Black is so good. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about, about Poe's character is I can literally see it being Jack Black. <laughs> True. <laughs> so. I'm going to go ahead and pair this. Uh, my number nine is also Kung Fu Panda. That's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Wow. We both uh, picked Kung Fu Panda at number nine specifically, which is interesting. When did it come out? Was it 2009? Uh, 2008. 2008. 2008. Okay. Um, honestly, I also remember as a kid thinking the action was also entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably not correct, but... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what's more fun than a bunch of animals doing kung fu and being comedic? Nothing. Nothing. Not well, obviously, probably Except like... Except for eight, the other eight Probably things. eight more things, yeah, at least. But, but yeah, 87% Rotten Tomatoes for the first one. That's um, pretty solid. 631 million for the first one as well. Uh, weird fun fact. Uh, James Hong... The voice of the father, mm-hmm. my secret ingredient to noodle soup. Uh, actually, his father owned a noodle shop. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> no, James Hong's father actually owned a noodle shop. What? <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. Did they just seek a man out that had been involved in a noodle shop? <laughs> Maybe. So we're talking about specifically the first Kung Fu Panda, correct? Yes, that's okay. mine. My okay. first. I am also talking about the, the first Kung Fu Panda. Are you sure? Yes. Positive. Are they the same first Kung Fu Panda? They are the same, in fact. Uh, so wow. I, I don't even need to read any synopsis because Wes did it for me. Uh, Which means I'm just going to get... He gets to get, get another one right now. I'm just getting wrecked. So we've just gone through Shoot. 10 and 9, um, and now we're on to 8. You know, whenever I watched Kung Fu Panda the first time, I kind of saw it as like a knockoff Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because hmm. Master Shifu reminded me so much of Splinter. Because they're both rats that wear brown robes. Yeah, I can and, see it. And do martial arts. I can see it. Okay. I should have put this, voice. I should have put this actor's voice in here. Yeah. You totally should have. You want to do it? it? Just do it. No, I don't know how. No. <laughs> okay. Listen up. <laughs> can you read it? Yeah. Okay. Fresh out of college, Barry the Bee finds a prospect of working with Honey... <laughs> Uninspiring. He flies outside of the hive for the first time and talks to a human, breaking a cardinal rule of his species. Barry learns that humans have been stealing and eating honey for centuries, and he realizes that this true calling is to obtain justice for his kind by suing humanity for theft. Nice. Was that good? Eh, it's fine. There's uh, no specific voice for an aggressive coach. I was an aggressive coach. <laughs> Uh, so I needed a whistle. That's what I needed. Put on your jock straps and mouth guards and let's go blow. Let's go hit somebody. Put on your stingers and get <laughs> out there and get some honey. <laughs> so, yes, at number eight, I am picking the B movie. B movie. That's kind of an interesting pick. One of the most memeable movies of all time. You know, that actually led into my my pick. Okay. Was the back of how memeable it is because yeah. it's still relevant in culture today. Valid. Uh, 50% Rotten Tomatoes score. Which sometimes I feel like is better than it deserves. Yeah, (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld is a stud. Let's be honest. All right. Uh, He's a comedic genius. Um, But I found the B movie extremely entertaining. Um, Although now that I look about it, very odd that a B is romantically involved with a human female. Oh, absolutely. That's weird. Yes, uncomfortable. That should not happen. Agreed. But it did. We're in agreement. Yeah. But it did happen on all accounts. Um. 
He's a pacifist. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not really sure what goes through his mind. But he's very, I don't know. It was weird. It's a weird movie. I don't know why I picked it now that I'm thinking about it. But I know that if I watch it again, I'll laugh. And that's really all that matters, right? I suppose. Is it like the kind of laugh where it's like so bad that it's good? I, there's some good, there's got to be some good one-liners in there, right? Yeah, probably. I like when it speeds up every time they say B. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My also favorite thing is when, like, I don't remember who it was, but someone was doing something and instead of like giving someone a letter, they just gave them the entire script of the B movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's on a shirt too. The entire script is on a shirt. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. Was it, is, who made the B movie? Is it DreamWorks? I took it away. Hold on. Oh, no. It is a DreamWorks animation. I yes. love that. We yes. love that for them. 2007. Deserved a spinoff series, if I do say so myself. Okay. Nice. Hot take. All right. Move on. Moving on. My pick has not been picked, and I'm picking a name. <laughs> we are out of our Little doors. Kubo. Peaceful existence comes crashing down when he accidentally summons a vengeful spirit from the past. (sighs) Now, on the run, Kubo joins forces with Monkey and Beetle to unlock a secret legacy. (sighs) Armed with a magical instrument, Kubo must battle the Moon King and other gods and monsters to save his family and solve the mystery of his fallen father, the greatest Samurai warrior, Samurai warrior the world has ever known. All right, I was Darth Vader. You sounded like you sounded like Batman with asthma. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, James so Earl Jones. I do voice feel like that voice maybe made the synopsis better than it actually is, because the synopsis I feel like makes the movie sound awful. Really? I don't know if you were paying attention. I couldn't. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, but yeah, this movie is Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made by Leica Entertainment. Leica? Leica. Leica what? Uh, Leica the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> great voice cast in Charlize Theron uh, as Monkey. Matthew McConaughey is Beetle. Love listening to his voice. Ralph Fiennes, uh, he's in a lot of other things. He's in one of my movies later down the list. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Leica was actually purchased, I believe, by the, the owner of Nike. Um, some, Phil Knight, I think so is the So Leica was bought by Nike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil Knight bought Leica and then hired his son, Travis Knight, who was an animator at the time already. And so he joined Leica and he actually directed this movie. That literally sounds like a man with a bunch of money just so bought Phil, to give his Phil son Knight's a job. son directed this movie. That sounds like... This man with a bunch of money just bought something to give his son a job. <laughs> it does sound like that. And all the movies from this, from Leica have kind of tanked. They made, um, I believe, Corpus Bride, uh, Coraline. Mm. Um, this is all stop motion. Paranorman. None of these made a lot of money. I think Coraline made the most. This movie did make its money Coraline back. and Paranorman were kind of freaky, weren't they? They're all, yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, stop motion in general. I think uh, Tim Burton did Coraline, maybe. I think he might have done both, actually. Maybe he did both. Either way, this movie is kind of dark, but not that that kind of not like Halloween creepy. Um, made seventy seven point seven 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 point five million. That's it. Um, that's yeah, not much. That's worldwide even, and it, to a sixty million dollar budget. But he claims that it was less than that. Um, Travis Knight does. Um, but yeah, so 
I really think this story is, is this is a super underrated film because like it's centered on a boy who has a magical guitar that mm-hmm. he can basically he can play it and like he can get magic. He can his his guitar has magic that can influence like paper. Mm-hmm. So he he like brings a bunch of like kind of like um, confetti paper, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, tissue paper with him, and then his guitar he can like make the paper. As stuff. do stuff with uh with the guitar and um, it's just really interesting. I don't know, really creepy at times. Like they have these sisters that are out, are hunting him down. They want his eye. They literally oh. want to like gouge it. He has they have one, one of his eyes was gouged out as a child. Oh, and they want his other eye. His sisters were his uh the, the two sisters were his mom's his mom's sisters. Um, his mom is the daughter of the Moon King. The Moon King wants his eye because he's powerful basically, and he thinks if he can't see, he'll lose a lot of his power. Um, but it's just a really good adventure story. Um, really thick and complex. Didn't it do well critically? Oh yeah. Critics love it. Critics love the movie. And I am a critic. So there we go. Yeah. No, Koopa and the Two Strings, go watch it. If you, I mean, even if you're not really interested in animation, this is, this is the kind of story that goes beyond your typical animation. It's, it's a really good, Mm -hmm. uh, film in general. So you know that was my number eight. All right, moving on. Number seven. Lucky number seven. Ah, here we go. Okay, let me draw from the hat real quick. Draw from the voice hat. The voice hat. This is gonna be hard. There's one here that I really want. Oh, I didn't get it. <laughs> is it gonna... Oh, I wanted to do this voice too. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I can quite do it because I can't do the whistle. I can't do the whistle very good. <laughs> okay. That's fine. The citizens <laughs> of Bricksburg face a dangerous new threat when Lego Duplo invaders from outer space start to wreck everything in their path. The battle to, ve- to defeat the enemy and restore harmony to the Lego universe takes Emmett, what a boy, Lucy, Batman, and the rest of their friends so far away. Oh, too far away. <laughs> Unexplained worlds that test their courage and creativity. Nice. Do you know what the plot that, that was? Lego Movie. Lego Movie 2? Lego Movie 2. Second part? Second part. <laughs> and that was Herbert... That's true, Space. Yeah, I guess I should have... And that was Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy. Hey, Chris. Chris. Anybody got a creep truck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I picked a Lego Movie 2. I did not like the first Lego Movie. Perry knows, well knows that. Yeah, that's interesting. In fact, I told him it was interesting bad. Interesting that you put Lego Movie 2 here. Well, I mean, first of all, it was interesting that I went to it in the first place. Yeah. Because yeah. I paid to go to that movie. Valid. You but, went, did we go together? Uh, we went as a big group. Yeah, there was we, like 12 we did take of us. a nice big group of I'm beats. pretty sure I just went because our good friend Big Beefy was going, and I wanted to sit next to him. Nice. So, we went, and actually, hilarious. <clears throat> and I loved it because I, I loved it because I didn't like the first movie, and the second movie had a ton of jokes just making fun of itself. All right. And honestly, that's what got me. That's like Sharknado. And I like, I had a good, real laugh in that movie. Mm. And I could watch it again if I needed something to laugh at. And that's not, I mean, it definitely made me laugh more than the first three options. Mm -hmm. And other than like two of my movies, maybe three, I gauged these on laugh level. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I actually love Lego Movie 2. Would recommend. All right. I'm not a huge Lego Movie guy in general. They're both they're both average. They're all average, I think. Is there more than one? Oh, did she like? I haven't seen Lego Batman. Batman is probably the funniest, but they're all sevens out of ten. Honestly. I can't believe that someone, how much money they've made off of 
Let's just make a movie out of Legos. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's about it. Does DC get any rights for Lego Batman? Uh, yeah, I think something. I gotta, I gotta get some kind of royalties. Yeah. Anyway, Lego Movie 2, go watch it. All right, my number seven. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Far in the future. After an apocalyptic conflict has devastated much of the world's ecosystem, the few surviving humans live in a scattered, semi-hospitable environment with what has become a toxic jungle. Young Nausicaa lives in the arid valley of the wind and can communicate with massive insects that populate the dangerous jungle. Under the guidance of the pensive veteran warrior Lord Yupa, Nausicaa works to bring peace back to the ravaged planet. Be there. The be there I added because I was a monster truck driver. No, monster truck truck announcer, yeah. What was that movie? Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Is that Studio Ghibli? Studio Ghibli. Okay, good, because I was assuming, otherwise. You're just assuming if you haven't heard of it, it's Studio Ghibli. <laughs> if, it's, if I haven't heard of it, it's animated and you like it. Yep. That's pretty much so, the option. So, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. This movie came out in 1984 was when it was created but um, by Hayao Miyazaki, the, the, the legend himself. And it actually was before Studio Ghibli's inception. Okay. Well, in 86, um, I believe, was, the first, was when it was actually... Mm-hmm. created formed basically because of this movie's success they created studio ghibli um but they do kind of include it even though it came before the studio was created 88 percent round tomatoes 91 percent critic score uh didn't make a lot of money because none of hayao miyazaki's films make a lot of money just in general anime doesn't make a lot of money because you have a small yeah small market s- small market but it's a legendary movie best female heroine probably honestly i don't know i i can't think of a better one like, better than Captain Marvel? Yeah. Way better. <laughs> Not close. Like, she is Wait, a, you mean better than Black Widow? She is an awesome female lead, like, kick-butt hero in the 80s. Yeah. Like, this is ahead of its time. She isn't, like, an in-your-face one either mm-hmm. with her, with, like, being kind of forward. Um, she leads... Well, so, like... I don't want to spoil it because I, I, I have a good feeling that most people haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. And I want people to. So I don't want to spoil too much of it. But there's a tragedy early on. And she basically has to learn um, learn more about like a bunch of different aspects of herself and leadership and patience and dealing with dealing with like conflict of, of like two different things like the conflict of the humans Mm -hmm. that want one thing and then what she knows is best for the jungle and and for her people and beautiful film 263 colors were used in the making of it that's an interesting fact it is an interesting fun fact a great voice cast the dub has now honestly i only really watch the dubs because yeah i want to hear the voices so people some people will definitely tell me oh the dubs are trash you gotta Mm -hmm. watch the captions sorry i can't i mean it's hard for me can't read, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, I can't read. <laughs> anyway, uh, Patrick Stewart. Wow, is Lord Yupa Uma Thurman? Wow, and Shia LaBeouf. No, yeah, Shia LaBeouf is in Studio Ghibli. Yes, yeah, so, so all these are all these dubs are produced by Disney. So they have some big directors. I think Andrew Stanton even directed not this one, but directed one of Studio Ghibli's uh, dubs. Wow, yeah, they 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 partner with Disney for these, but great movie. Watch it seriously, like. Um, the ending is a little, kind of gets a little ex machina, uh, just a little at the end, mm. like, but other than that, great film. Kind of got some good comedy too. Okay. We love that. We're at six. Number six. In Madarasha, <laughs> underachiever Oscar is a pint-sized fish 
with grand aspirations. When Mob, when Mob connected Great White Shark Frankie, is accidentally killed. Oscar connects a story with Frankie's peace-loving brother Lenny. That it was he who murdered the shark. Suddenly hailed shark slayer by his aquatic brethren. Oscar has bigger fish to fry. When Frankie's father, mob boss Don Lino, dispatches his henchmen to track down his son's killer. You bring up the shark tale. The shark tale. On the day of my daughter's wedding. You know, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that one. That wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, I picked Shark Tale. I believe it came out in 04. Uh, yes, you're right. And for no reason, 04, 2004 is stereotypically my favorite year on to date. Okay. Yeah, other than 2011. But right. culture-wise, 2004 is my favorite year. I always say that I should have been a 20-year-old in 2004. Blaring, angsty, mainstream rock music from my car speakers with the windows down in the summertime. That is, and the, the height of teen dramas. And for this, honestly, a peak in, you know, movie animation of when it really started to big time take off. Yeah, so, yeah 2004 with some, some 3D animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, big Shark Tale fan. Has Will Smith and mm-hmm. Jack Black in it. Mm-hmm. That's a dope pairing. Uh, a little bit teenage raunchy. Again, yeah, for sure. Again, for sure. Yeah. Definitely some good adult jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a actually an odd personal connection to this movie. Whenever I was in third through sixth grade, there was a special chosen children's choir between two elementary schools, uh-huh. and I was in it, and we sang Car Wash. Car Wash! And there, I had to do this role where I had to like pretend to wash a car yeah. during the song. Okay. Me and another dude. Like, right. we were specially picked just for that. So You're special. I'm special. My mom says so, too. Aww. So, yeah. I like Shark Tale. It's very funny. You get to see a pacifist. Have to not be a pacifist. Uh-huh. I'm a pacifist. No? You have B-movie? I don't like conflict. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to my number six. Also, I'm very proud of that Russian accent. Sorry to any Russians listening. This is like the same, the same I accent. Pictured, I pictured that as more Italian. Okay. All right. Uh, in this, uh, this animated retelling of the Book of Exodus, Egyptian <laughs> the Prince of Moses... Uh, upon the discovering his roots as a Jewish slave, embarks on a quest to free his people from bondage. When this plea is denied by his brother Ramesses, the new pharaoh, a series of horrific plagues strike Egypt. Moses finally leads the Israelites to freedom by parting the Red Sea and drowning the Egyptian army. Mamma mia! God then gave Moses the Ten Commandments, a list of rules for his to live by. His people, his people, his people to live by. It <laughs> <laughs> was solid. I was supposed to be a ma- a mafia boss. Um, but you just kind of became an Italian dad. I kind of became a Tony. You became an Italian dad. Yeah, that's fine. Bit. That's fine. I'm, 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 that's okay. As long as they got the Italian yes. part of it. Uh, yeah. So let me just real quick. This came out in '98. Uh, the Prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Second movie ever produced by DreamWorks Animation. Let me read you this cast. I'm ready. Okay. Hang on, let me buckle in. Okay. Okay, I'll be good. Okay. Ralph Fiennes, who I already mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, from from uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Val Kilmer, oh. who does both Moses and God. As he should. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. Oh. Miriam. Michelle Pfeiffer as Zipporah. Jeff Goldblum wow. as Aaron. Patrick Stewart as Seti. Steve Martin, wow, is Hotep. Martin Short is Huey. So those are the two. Um, what do they call them? The like. Uh, oh dang it! 
So the Hotep and Hui are the two, uh, I guess they just call them magicians. There's a better word for it. Um, the two magicians that the Pharaoh enlists to try to do the same mm-hmm. kind of miracles. Um, they have a good song. Uh, You're playing with the big boys now. now. Um, Danny Glover is Jethro. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen Mirren. Also wow. Helen Mirren? She's in it. She's Tuya. Um, Helen Mirren is a big deal. She's a big deal. I think that's about it, but that's not even talking about Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Yeah. Who sing a, a duet together yeah. for the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, this is, movie is a huge deal in 98. Like, and also... It's biblically, biblically accurate. They yeah. they had uh, consultants no, work with them for the whole movie. Biblical consultants, biblical scholars. Uh, one best original song, and uh, for the song uh, "When You Believe," which is Marie, which is Mar- Mariah Carey, Mar- has a bunch of other really good songs too that are written by Hans Zimmer himself. Yeah. Gosh dang it! So, I mean, this do is you like need the biggest, any more reason. It's <laughs> like the biggest all star cast right. I've heard in a long time. Right, I know this literally could be how did the single most all star voice cast. I mean, this movie. is when voice casting kind of became like yes, a cool thing. Absolutely. So like ninety eight, kind of. I mean, you. I guess you could go with Toy Story. Mm-hmm. You kind of brought it. Yeah. Um, with their voice cast. Yeah, it was Tom Hanks and yeah. So Tim was his face. That's Tim Allen. <laughs> Tim was his face. So yeah, I'm going with. Prince of Egypt. I didn't, I didn't realize how all-star that was. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I'm. It's 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 one I've watched. I'm kind of wrecked years. right now. I watch it probably once a year every year. Um, well, now I want to watch it every year. Yeah. So call me next time. It's so good. It's so good. Let's see here. Ah, okay. <laughs> Gosh dang it! <laughs> I'm Jeremy. I'm California. I'm Jeremy. After returning from their honeymoon and showing home movies to their friends, Chuck and Fiona. Learn that their parents have heard that she has married her true love and wish to invite him to their kingdom called Far, Far Away. The catch is Fiona's parents are unaware of the curse that struck their daughter, have assumed that she married Prince Charming, not a 700-pound ogre with horrible name hygiene and talking donkey pal. <laughs> Shrek 2. Shrek 2! Oh, wow. I didn't even, wasn't even paying attention. I just heard Shrek and Fiona. So, Shrek that accent, two. we have a good friend named Jeremy Casella. I'm, Cas- I'm God, Jeremy Casella, and at any time, him and Perry would get into any basic argument. Perry would just go, I'm Jeremy. I'm from California. Yep. Because <laughs> he's, he's from California. He's from California. So, Jeremy, Jeremy, thank you for letting us abuse Man, you, you on air. I love 2004. I told you it's my year, dude. <laughs> fun fact, my favorite video game of all time is also from 2004. And? Like, it is? Oh, NASCAR Chase for the Cup. Nice. For the for the original Xbox. Wow, okay. I love 2004. Okay. You know what else was aired in 2004? Uh, One what? Tree Hill. I'm done. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> anyway, 2004 is my jam, but... <clears throat> Made I'm, a big old box office. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that I like Shrek 2 more than the original Shrek. That's nuts. I said I think. That blows my mind. I said I think. Okay. Um... But that's also partly not true. Okay. But my favorite musical number in the entire Shrek saga, I guess is what it is now, is when um, Fairy Godmother sings I Need a Hero. Yes, I that just, is pretty great. I just absolutely love that it. That is pretty great. Um, it's Bro, fu- it made $919.8 million. That's a lot of money. That is so much money. It's, it's quite a bit more than the original Shrek. Quite a bit. I mean, well, that this movie also came with the hype. Yes, had too. all the hype. So... Um, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the introduction of Puss in Boots, right? Uh, or no? Whew, tough to say. I don't know for sure. I would. S- He's not just in the third one. 
No, he definitely comes in. The yeah, does he? Because okay. the third one is King Arthur, right? Yes. Yeah. And that one's trash. I do like about five minutes of that movie. Okay, good. We'll talk about that. I'll talk about the mention that in a minute. But anyway. Will you? Shh. <laughs> Let me do my thing, Gary. Okay. Please tell me Shrek 3 is not above Shrek 2 on your list. No. <laughs> anyway, Shrek 2, live it, learn it, love it. They should have stopped after two movies, but they didn't. Should have stopped after three after that. Should have stopped, and they didn't. And they didn't. It's fine, because Shrek 2 is great. But Puss in Boots is good, too. I never watched that. Oh, I, I have it. I was afraid, cool. too. It's fun, actually. It's really good. Anyway, Shrek 2. I remember my parents took me to see it in theaters. I remember that. Puss in Boots could be an honorable mention on my list as well. Wow. But, All right. But it's not going to be, because I already went with those. All right, Boyo number five. I feel like now we're going to start to have some overlap. Um, in a little bit. Why did you read mine? No. Oh. How do I do this? How do I do this voice? What is it? I'll just do a, like a, <laughs> like your mean, like a mean girl's voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, like young orphan Sheeta and her kidnapper, Colonel Muska, are flying to a military prison when their plane is attacked by a gang of air pilots, pi- pirates led by the matronly Dola. Escaping from the mid-air collision via a magic crystal around her neck, Shida, like, meets fellow orphan Pazu, and they pair and join forces to discover the mystical floating city of Laputa while discovering, or, while, while pursuing by both Muska and the pirates who lust for the city's myriad of treasures. Is that El Dorado? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's... Uh, Laputa and the Laputa Castle in the Sky, just called Castle in the Sky for American audiences. Um, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Would you like to say what voice that was? That was Kim Kardashian. I just kind of went with uh, generic sorority girl. No, that's offensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stereotypical. Honestly, it was pretty good. Not gonna lie. Nice. I could have done better if I wasn't also trying to read the words. I could have definitely, you know, yeah, beefed it up a little bit. Um, but yeah. Laputa Castle in the Sky, 1986, the first movie um, ever released by Hayao Miyazaki under Studio Ghibli. Um, pretty ironic to me that I picked the oldest two so far Studio Ghibli films in my list. Um, and because I think in general, as I've been ranking every single Disney movie this year, at least trying to, Disney animated movie, <clears throat> hopefully to come out on my blog by the end of the year. <laughs> Uh, I'm finding that I lean towards the newer ones, like, heavily. So it's interesting to me that I find these two movies the best, but this movie is awesome. Like, it's so good. Uh, another just movie that puts you in a fantasy world, mm-hmm. the Hayao Miyazaki, he just, just makes these incredible fantasy worlds, uh, 96% Rotten Tomatoes, so people like it. And, uh, basically these two young kids, this girl has a magical crystal, and the crystal is what people are after, basically. They're mm. chasing her. And this this boy is trying to help her find Laputa, which is the castle in the sky, so she can save it. Um, and before the people that are searching for it, because it has a bunch of treasure in it, uh, find it. Mm. So it's filled with tons of action. It's got some a little bit of romance between the two kids, which Ooh. is a really cute romance. Like it's not like it's not like gushy, like stupid, like I'm gonna throw up kind of romance, but yeah. it's like cute, like Subtle, so, a little, but not not like crazy subtle, but like you, you like it, like mm-hmm. you enjoy. You ship it. It's it's child romance, like you know, like teen romance, yeah. And it's enjoyable. It's <laughs> not it's child not romance. it's not in your face. Yeah, right. Uh, the characters are all really good, well thought the, out. There's there's some yeah. I, there's some uh, robots that are really lovable. <laughs> we like those, but uh, 
K2SO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and there's the end is just let's just say um, what did I write down? Oh, Mark Hamill is Muska. So what? There's a voice for your in your dub. Um, it's I wrote down amazing fantasy story of friendship, loss, sacrifice, and courage. Aww. So it's really just full of kind of heartfelt emotions. Emotions. Yeah, mm. I loved it. I watched it a couple weeks ago. Great mm. film. I kind of want to watch it now. I need to get on a Studio Ghibli binge. You really do, because I know you don't have as much time probably uh, at nights because I'm not in school anymore, so I don't have homework to do uh, at nights. So you yeah. you don't have as much time to watch movies. I but, mean, I could uh, be more proactive. But yeah, some of these movies I would I think you really need to see, and you can borrow from me anytime. I think All I right. own every movie that's on this list so far. All oh, right. I don't own Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway, mm. Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales suddenly develops mysterious powers that transform him into the one and only Spider-Man. When he meets Peter Parker, he soon realizes that there are many others who share his special high-flying talents. Miles must now use his newfound skills to battle the evil Kingpin, a hulking madman who can open portals to other universes and pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. Wow, what could that possibly be? It's into the Spider-Verse. And that was a grandma. Wow, grandma voice. Grandma. I tried. Get over here, get over here, Sonny. Let your mama give you a little kiss. <laughs> that, just, that was like a combination grandma and Herbert the Pervert. <laughs> That's right. Uh, man, Spider Into the Spider-Verse, this movie is amazing. Amazing. Movie. If you haven't figured out... I'm surprised yet. you put it out. High, like four, right? You're at four? We're at four. That was four, yeah. This is number four. Yeah. Wow. What okay. do you have to say about it? Uh, well, if you haven't learned yet, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the only part about this movie that I didn't like was Peter Porker. <laughs> uh, what's his... Who voices him? Uh, someone famous. Yeah. Um, Gosh dang it. Uh, Mulaney. I didn't even look it up. It's John uh, Mulaney. John Mulaney, yeah. But uh, I actually... I love Tom Holland will forever be my favorite Spider-Man, I think. But I do think that I like Miles Morales's character more mm-hmm. than Peter Parker. Interesting. Yeah. He's got a lot of depth. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does a lot. Yeah. Um <clears throat> it's that he's I mean he just just like Peter Parker, he's you know like smart kid, has to like, you know, he goes to a smart school, really good at science, whatever. Um, kind of misunderstood. But an interesting family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Sony branding. Animation that we really haven't seen before, I think. You might be better on that than I am. I, I can't like, think of any that does a, does a comic book movie like this. Yeah, which was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to be really trippy, um, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, I actually love Aunt May <laughs> because she's basically an Alfred. Yes. Um, and I... I mean, I love them pulling in Gwen Stacy as, as a <clears throat> yeah, she's awesome. as an option. Um, I even it's just it was cool to see a multi universe option of all of the different uses they have for a superhero. Yeah, and it was my favorite superhero. So can it really get better for me? No, no. It was hilarious too. I mean, yeah, really good comedy, great music, great music, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I respect it. Good villain, I think. Kingpin, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. With motivation. Yeah. Stupid motivation, but it's motivation. Yeah. Like, and a female Doc Ock. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. All of it was interesting. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Great I movie. was very engaged the entire time. 
Well, moving on to number three. Well, oh no, wait, my number four. number four. My number four first, then number three. I will draw a name. Draw. How many do we got left? Just like four, four or five. What do I got? What do I got? What do I got? I got Batma. <laughs> How did I forget the N? <laughs> Why do I have a degree? Uh, should I do Batma, Martha? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. You're Batman. Upon a time, in a faraway swamp, there lived an ogre named Shrek. This is actually hurting my throat. <laughs> Whose precious solitude is suddenly shattered by the invasion of annoying fairy tale creatures. They were all banished by from the kingdom by the evil Lord Farquaad. Determined to save their home, not to mention his, Shrek cuts a deal with Farquaad. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. And sets out to rescue Princess Fiona. To be Farquaad's bride. Stop. <laughs> Rescuing the princess may be small compared to her deep, dark secret. I like it dark. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was Batman and that's Shrek. 2001. I hope the audience appreciates us making absolute fools of ourselves. Yeah. This was the first ever winner of the Oscar for Best it's Animated Feature. And it beat Monsters, Inc. It did beat Monsters, Inc. So... It made a lot of money. Uh, only like 500 mil compared to the 900 and like whatever, 20 million. That, but it was the first Shrek one. 2 made. But it was the first one. Came out of kind of nowhere. Mike Myers. Gotta love Mike so Myers. Good. Gotta love Mike Myers. He just fully in, in like just engulfs himself in every character he plays. Um, Eddie Murphy. Comedic genius. Eddie Murphy, also a comedic genius. Cameron Diaz. Don't like her. Loved her. Nice. <laughs> don't like Cameron Diaz. But she, this is probably my favorite role of hers, honestly. <laughs> um... But 88% Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, first of all, um, what did I write down here? I wrote down uh, that the effects department, fun fact, actually took mud, mud showers in this movie to get a better picture of how to animate mud. They did not. They did. Um, and <laughs> you're going to like this. It was originally supposed to be a stop motion picture with the main voice actor... Supposed to be, but turned down by Nicolas Cage. Yes. You're <laughs> telling me Shrek could have been Nick Cage? It could have been Nick Cage. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, Perry, I'm just going to build off that because my number three is also Shrek. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, good, good. Hila- absolutely hilarious. Way more fun now at 22 than it was at six. Yeah. Um, I love Eddie Murphy. I love donkeys. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Also... Just like, I, Lord Farquaad was my favorite antagonist in the Shrek saga. Some of you may die. That is a risk I am willing to take. <laughs> I love the whole scene where he's picking his bride, and mm-hmm. it's like a game show. What is behind door number one? Bachelor number Bachelor number, number three. three. Um, ah, three, my all three. Uh, I'll pick three. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that was kind of combined that with, with. Uh, Monty Python there. Oh. <laughs> uh, one, uh, two, four, three, my lord. Oh, three. three, three. Yeah. And I, he's just so little, which I'm little. You are. So I find all the short jokes also hilarious. <laughs> um, my favorite, my, one of my top five. <laughs> the, the, when they're just making fun of his his height by yes. making puns. Oh. One of my top five favorite scenes in all of movies, like every movie I've ever seen, is simply when Donkey and the Dragon come through the window and Donkey just says, nobody move. I've got a dragon, and I'm not afraid to use it. I'm a donkey on the edge. Donkey on the edge. It's my favorite, like my, one of my favorite movie lines. 
I love Shrek. I wish I could watch it right now. You can't. Just kidding. You can't because we're recording a podcast. And my number three is Into the Spider-Verse. Ah. So we've already been here there. Come, here comes the overlap. Yeah, the overlap's starting to come. 2018's best film of the year, according to the Cinema Psycho. Really? Oh. <laughs> Myself. I thought it was going to be a reputable source. Um, 97% Rotten Tomatoes, $376 million in box office. Haley Steinfeld is in it. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah. From Pitch Perfect uh, 2, I mean, is where she comes in, I right? I think so, yeah. And also from her own singing career. Uh, <laughs> and Bumblebee. Blake Williams has dibs. And Bumblebee. Blake Williams has dibs. Um, yeah, so... What was I about to say next? Shemek Moore is pretty good. And Mahershala Ali, who has mm-hmm. quickly become a main... Like a, a, a household name in, in movies. Yeah. But yeah, I just... I'm a, I love the idea of making a comic book into a movie. Mm-hmm. And they did it so, so perfectly. Well. They slow down the frame rate for a lot of the scenes to like just it just it's a different movie. It's unique in an age where animation is like there's you know a lot of studios that do animation, not a lot that do it well. Mm-hmm. But this was so different. Um, it's one of those movies where I wasn't sure if I was going to be into it or not. Um, and then I started seeing the reviews, and I'm like, I got to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even sure if I was going to see it before I started seeing the reviews. So good, changed kind of my my. My perspective on animated superhero movies, I think. Mm. So nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Number two. Is that gonna have a have a voice? Yeah. For us, there you go. It is. Has not been hit yet. Number two. I have a feeling our number twos and ones might be similar. They might. So. Now I shall draw a voice. And there's not many left in here. Nope. Oh crap! Okay. Crap. Oh, I wanted that one. You want? Do you want it? I mean, I may not even get to say anymore, though. I, I'm just gonna. T- I'm picking one at this point. Okay. Yeah, what's left? I need. To, I need to get in the mood first before I can start doing this. All right. Pickup <laughs> is a nice teenager from the island of Burke, where fighting dragons is a way of life. His progressive views and weird sense of humor make him a misfit, despite the fact that his father is chief of the clan. Tossed into dragon fighting school, he endeavors to prove himself as a true Viking. But when he befriends an injured dragon he names Toothless, he has the chance to plot a new course for his people's future. Nice. I actually expected this to be number one. Really? I thought you were going to put a number one. Oh. So you now know what my number one is, probably. Probably. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And, it, uh, and it makes me really happy. So, yes, I'm picking How to Train Your Dragon. Um, I could have just lumped all of them in there, but I'm just going to not break the rules and nah. just pick the first one. Because I read... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I also am not for rule breaking high. Yes, in um, fact. So, love the movie. It's very great. Um, in my mind, the best thing DreamWorks made since Shrek. Maybe the best thing DreamWorks has made, honestly. Yeah. Um, this movie, all three of them at one point wrecked me. Like yeah. emotionally. Like I wanted yeah. to cry. So, Absolutely. the first one. So, just a fun personal fact, like, I train dogs for 4-H, specifically, like, one dog most of the time, and watching Hiccup train the dragon just threw me back so hard, and I am an animal lover, big time, especially the dogs, and Toothless basically behaves like a dog. So, I loved it. I fell in love with Toothless, fell in love with Hiccup and his morals and the way he treats people and animals, and incredible soundtrack. 
Yeah. Incredible soundtrack. Absolutely incredible. Um, I'd love, I'm going to play some in the background. I can't wait. Um, Maybe while. <laughs> the animation is solid. Yeah. Um, the animation is great. And I just... I What's your it. take on like the, the progression of the films? Did it get a little worse for you? I think it's... No, I don't think they get worse. I think it's one of those things that like, the first one is the best one. Mm, in my mind. Nope. It's hard. It was. It's hard to match, but they they sequeled it well. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool, cool beans. Cool, cool, cool beans. beans. All right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's time. It's time. For your number two. In this fabled adaptation of Ted Hughes's Cold War fable. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. I totally read that wrong. In this adaptation of Ted Hughes's Cold War fable, a giant alien robot crash lands near the small town of Rockwell, Maine, in 1957. Exploring the area, a local nine-year-old boy, Hogarth, discovers the robot and soon forms an unlikely relationship with him. When a paranormal government agent, Kent Mansley, becomes determined to destroy the robot, Hogarth and beatnik Dean McCoppin must do what they can to save the misunderstood machine. That was my best Morgan Freeman voice, and the, the movie is that The Iron Giant. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I thought you were trying to do Bill Cosby. I can do so much better than that, Bill Cosby. I just didn't want to... So we're down to a couple couple names I just chose, because I and I knew that Bill Cosby would be too extra for this, this okay. movie. This movie needed a, a more somber... Dude, Morgan Freeman talks in a deep... Soothing voice. Like yeah, but no, no, but he has the. You listen, he has the. He has the. He has the, the kind of the, the tin, the tin to it. The like, I don't know. Yes, quite. Move on. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. All right, this movie uh, is an interesting one. It really is because it was released uh, in 1999 by Warner Brothers Pictures, Warner Brothers Animation. Brad Bird directed it. Obviously, he's the director of The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the reason it, it, it did so poorly um, in theaters, I think made 30 million, 31 million. It did so poorly because I think uh, the Warner Brothers Studios did not really market it well. Mm. They didn't think it was going to be good, I don't think. But then when early um, kind of focus groups and, and, and reviews started coming back, like this movie's amazing, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. crap, we got to get some marketing out there, get people to the theaters, and they did, they did just an awful job, and that's why Brad Bird ended up at Disney. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure there was other reasons, but uh, Jennifer Aniston. Stellar. Is, I forget her name. What's her name? She's the mom. She's the mom. Uh, basically the same exact character that is the ant in Big Hero 6. I've always mm-hmm. said that. They're like yep. literally, they look exactly the same. They're super bubbly. They're the exact same character. She's awesome. But yeah, it just poor marketing. It did win the Annie Award um, for Best Animated Picture of 99, I believe. Mm. What's it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's 96%. So that's so, high. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what makes it so great, honestly. Something about the story well, is I'll, just, yeah. yeah, you're going to get there. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll move. I'll let you give me what you think. Cause so, so great about it. my number one animated movie that's not Disney is The Iron Giant. Yeah. And I think what makes it so great is, so we talk about the aspect of robots having friendship is like impossible or emotions, uh, right? Um, and we see a kid with no friends. Yep. And a robot with no friends. Yep. Basically just become, I mean, they become best friends by default, but also <laughs> because they show genuine love and care for each other when it's a robot, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but this kid does everything he can to protect him. Um, and in the end, spoiler, don't care, this movie's from the 90s, um, the robot does literally everything to protect mainly the kid and mm-hmm. also the other people around him too. And it's, it's, it is a rough ending, I will say. It is. I'm really actually, ha- I'm excited that you picked that number one. <gasps> but yeah, love that movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Watch it with a friend if you're emotionally unstable. Or if you're emotionally stable. Or if you're emotionally stable. Watch it. Or if, Watch yeah. it. You will enjoy you it. You will enjoy it. It's, it's Money not, back guarantee. And I, you're not going to pay anything though, hopefully. Well, maybe you will. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not that long. Uh, it's like an hour 20 maybe. Yeah, so it's not even a major commitment. Maybe not even that. Um, but yeah. Great movie. Great movie. It has Jennifer Aniston. And yeah. Gone. Kind of funny, kind of uncomfortable, kind of, you know, it just has all different, like it's not... An, a, not a funny movie, but no. it's got some funny parts. It's not an uncomfortable movie, but it's got some car- Honestly, parts that make you cringe a little bit. If you look at all my movies that I picked, they were all funny yeah. until the last two. Mm. Okay. Last two were deep. Well, if I was picking. Oh, gosh. My, I'm not going to do a Bill Cosby voice. Theo, uh, you got to take the pudding. Okay, I am going to do it. But anyway, um, my number one has already been picked, and it's a lump sum of the three How to Train Your Dragon movies because I didn't want to take up three spots with them. And Wes Picks, which is why he made those comments. Wes Picks, which is why he made those comments. <laughs> yep. So, How to Train Your Dragon is just a special movie franchise. Yeah. And this is what. Uh, let me read their Rotten Tomatoes. Number one, 99%. Uh, 494 million box office, 2010. Number two, 2014, 92%. 621 million. Number three, 91% for 2019, 519 million box office. Every movie in the series was really successful, didn't really drop off. Yeah. Uh, John Powell, the score, once again, put in the background. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing great, score. Great study music. Yeah. John Powell, this was his first, uh, How to Train Dragon movies were, I believe, his first project by himself. He did some co-writing with mm. some other some other movies. Um, the thing I love most about this movie, uh, the progression of age mm. throughout you have young Hiccup that's trying to deal with, in the first movie, trying to deal with the fact that he's a Viking, but he doesn't want to kill dragons. He, yep. he doesn't feel like the rest of the of the, mm-hmm. of the the Vikings in the village, and he has to cope with that issue and earning his dad's love and, and affection. Um, <clears throat> and then the second one is like more about trying to deal with being a leader, yep. trying to deal with tough decisions where he thinks maybe one thing is best for the clan and, and somebody else thinks something else better for the clan, and he has to decide, you know, whether something is right, wrong, if he needs to jump yeah. to conclusions, be too rash about it, or mm-hmm. he makes some tough choices that have repercussions. But yeah, and then, so the second movie is also phenomenal. I think the second movie, honestly, may be the best. Um, mm. It's kind of an epic. Like, yeah. it's got a lot that goes on, and big fight scenes, and loss, the, and all the, that. The alpha. <clears throat> yeah, the alpha. Um, and then the third movie is a great finale to a sequel. Not quite as good as Toy Story, but... It's because Toy Story is not over. <laughs> not quite as good as Toy Story 3 even though it didn't end it um, but 
it just like he deals with so many new things like once again being a leader but in this it's a different sense he's a chief mm-hmm. um leading his his group and um you know uh, attacking challenges with the the well-being of the village in mind yeah. and you know his girl they're married now. They get married and, you know, have kids. Yeah. And you see at the end, like, the progression of his age. You're, like, talking, like, 20 years. You saw a kid. You see a kid grow up. Yeah. It's it's so cool. Um, you don't see that in movies often anymore. I mean, maybe in, like, Harry Potter because you have to because yeah. they're people and they grow. But in animated movies, you don't really see that. I mean, I guess Toy Story, but that's but Andy's not a main character, so right. it's a little different. Interesting fun fact that I had... It was distributed by three different companies, each each movie. The first movie was distributed by Paramount Pictures. The second one, by 20th Century Fox. And the third, by Universal Studios. Hmm. Interesting. And the director directed Lilo and Stitch. So. Wow. Yeah. So, I just, I don't know. I love the film. Can't get enough of it. Watched the third one again the other day. Sad that it's can't, over, can't but. Can't blame you. It's a near-perfect trilogy. Maybe better than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's a near-perfect trilogy. Like, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. All right, uh, that was that wraps it up. Should we just real quick? I'm gonna go over my top ten. Number ten, I have Megamind. Nine, Kung Fu Panda. Eight, Kubo in the Two Strings. Seven, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Six, The Prince of Egypt. Five, Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Four, Shrek. Three, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Two, The Iron Giant. And one, all of the How to Train Your Dragon films Man. because it's one movie. It really is. <laughs> all right. Um. Ya boys, top 10. 10, Surf's Up. 9, Kung Fu Panda. 8, B-Movie. 7, Lego Movie 2. 6, Shark Tale. 5, Shrek 2. 4, Into the Spider-Verse. 3, Shrek 2, How to Train Your Dragon. And number 1, The Iron Giant. Mm. Well, I think we both did a great job. Oh, absolutely. I think we both did a great job. Let's see what uh, some other people had. Um, We got a little bit of response here from the community. uh, Community? Let's see here. So I asked the question. I've got one right here, Perry. Okay. From our good friend that runs the page of Purdump. Oh, from Purdump. The, the popular Purdue Instagram page. Yes. The Brave Little Toaster, Despicable Me, and of course, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Um, Purdump. Let's see. Get your head out of the toilet. Um, Brave Little Toaster is Disney. Ooh. That's too bad. <laughs> it's okay, though. Despicable Me Ooh, is Oh, good pun. Any... Get your head out of the toaster. Yeah, I didn't even get that. Out of the toilet, I said. <laughs> oh. I'm a fool. Yeah, because that's also a pun. Toast, toaster would have been fine, but out of the out of the toilet because he's, he's, he's per dump. dump. What else we got? We got Noah Grostefan here has Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. And I see the one you just read also, I think. Yep. Uh, we got Evan Yoder, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse as well. Yep. Callie Kalupnik said Shrek, duh. Yeah, agreed. Um, what else we got? I think that's about Is it. Is there any more? Is that it? Oh, we got uh, Land Before Time. Ah, from Corey. Corey. We love that guy. Yep. Corey Miller. Corey Miller. From Corey Miller. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't forget your last name. Oh, I didn't forget your last name. I don't know. Wes <laughs> forgot your last name. Wes is looking at me the whole, after, after I said Corey. He's like, he's like, what? 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 I'm so confused. How we're talking about you know, Corey Miller. I, I know you. I literally saw him two days ago, yeah. which makes this worse. Um, but yeah, Lamb for Time. Solid. I respect it. I think that's it. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks for commenting. If you'd like to jo- be more involved in the banter, I hardly know our community, join and like the 
Banter I Hardly Know our Facebook page at Banter Podcast. And Wes, what's the Instagram page? The Instagram page, the name is just the podcast, Banter Question Mark. I hardly know her. And the tag, Instagram tag is Banter underscore pod. Banter underscore pod. Check that out. We're going to we drop post, the follow, drop the comments, yes, drop absolutely. the DMs. Absolutely. We post uh, some questions that every week that kind of like the one we just read about our uh, about our episodes. So uh, get on that. And we're going to be having a giveaway in a couple weeks. Um, we have some absolutely dope banter. I hardly know our themed water bottles. But yeah. So you can stay hydrated. So you can stay hydrated. Yeah. And be humble about it because it's a pretty humble logo and it's we know and we know you're hungry for success yeah. also uh look into uh supporting us on patreon patreon we love those people that do that and we pump out we love everybody else too most people as well but uh we pump we try to pump out some bonus content and our some outtakes for you guys and also people that are in our fairly pod brothers and loyal banter fans tears will get an item of swag in the, the early December, which may or may not be one of those dope water bottles. Spoiler. May or may not. Yeah. And with that, we love you. We do. And we'll see you next week. See you with our audio. Yes. Yes. We won't see you. You will You will hear us. And you will see our logo. Yes. So until then, stay hungry. Stay humble. Stay, stay hydrated. hydrated.